This is Observations QNO Podcast for Friday, the 30th of July, 2021. It's, uh, it's been difficult getting us all together, especially because of my horrific week, but I'm back and I'm trying to remember how to do all of this stuff. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dale Franks. And I'm Bruce McQueen. And we are back, finally, after last week's unexpected hiatus, uh, because uh, I got a cold water slab leak under my house that was dumping about a thousand gallons a day under the foundation. <laughs> and uh, it's coming up through the carpet in the downstairs, so that's all going to have to be replaced. But uh, we're looking at a, at a nice laminate floor to replace the carpet. Um, oh, I'm getting my kitchen completely repainted because they're cutting out about three quarters of the walls to reroute plumbing. I have been without, uh, until today, we were without water in the house for two and a half weeks. Yikes. Today, we got water back. Not hot water, mind you, um, but running water. So, kind of like uh, 1860 running water. <laughs> we, we got it. Chris and I both yeah. took a cold shower, although as warm as it's been, it wasn't actually a cold shower. It was actually fairly pleasant. So anyway, um, we've probably got another week or week and a half to get all of the repairs and everything else made that will uh, get us back up to snuff. So I'm hopefully I'm hopeful that we'll be able to... Uh, uh, continue as normal. I had to take a week and a half off work, so I'm going back to work on Monday, even though the house isn't finished, but the pushing people to get shit done is finished. So, <laughs> there. I hear you. And so, anyway, oh, by the way, they would have had this done much longer ago, but uh, my house was built in 1961, and therefore they have to check for asbestos. It's here, oh. it's in the drywall, so they had to of isolate course. the house. Uh, and do the whole asbestos thing. Then we had to wait for a day for a testing thing to come and say, okay, well, there's no asbestos left in the atmosphere. The plumbers can come in. Plumbers came in today, and they said, well, we'd like to completely fix your water, but they didn't cut in the right place, the asbestos environmental people. So they're going to have to come back out. Oh, and the uh, asbestos guy that did the cutting under the sink ripped my uh, garbage disposal off of the mounting collar, so the entire disposal now needs to be replaced. <laughs> they did manage to cap they did manage to cap off the leak they got cold running water coming in so we got at least room temperature water so chris and i were able to take our first real shower in two and a half weeks well, i'm glad well no i'm not glad i'm sorry you went through all that i'm glad it's not me <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much everybody should be glad it's not them Exactly. Anyway, in the two weeks since it, we've we've talked, actually three weeks, I guess, since we've been able to do anything, um, there has been a lot. We learned that the president had a, uh, a fascinating career as a long haul trucker. Amazing, an amazing man. Uh, and then the White House clarified that by saying, "Well, he rode in a truck once in 1973, <laughs> and he did drive a bus." Yeah, this is. Uh, uh, this poor fellow. He's. He, I, I can't imagine he's going to be president for much longer. Yeah. Well, with uh, Kamala in the in the uh, eaves, I'm 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 pretty sure they want him to be. 
her star has well not that it was ever very high but it has fallen dramatically even among democrats why would he pick a guy that could only get three or pick a, a woman that could only get three percent of the democratic primary well because of the pressure that he was under to have a black woman yeah well. it's pretty much that simple you know this is what this is what you know, when you go simply by identity pro, uh, uh, identity politics, this is the mediocrity you show up with. Surely even Joe Biden has to realize that the chances of him finishing out his full term are not super high. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't realize what tomorrow is. You know, how's he going to know that? I mean, this guy, you can't... Know, <laughs> You can listen to, I, I don't know if you saw that town hall that they staged up in, uh, I believe, up in Ohio. Yeah, I saw it. Holy crap, that was painful to watch. Yeah, and and if he can't even do a staged town hall, who's actually running policy? Well, it's pretty clear. It, 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 it's not Joe Biden, although we don't no. really know who it is. Yeah, the, the, the smart money's on his chief of staff, but who knows? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, is it just me, or is his decline becoming more noticeable? I think it's becoming more noticeable. And the other thing, I'm, you know, Joe Biden ha is becoming angrier and angrier, which is a really, uh, it's a sharp indicator of mental decline. It's, it's, it's uh, an indicator of dementia. It's, it's an indicator of the frustration that someone who has dementia goes through when they start shouting and screaming at people. And when he was asked by Peter Ducey this, a question this week, he, he, he got angry, uh, even though the question was, you know, uh, hey, you said this before. I did not. Well, he did. I mean, it's on videotape, for God's sake, Joe. You know, um, you can see uh, some of that stuff really boiling up in him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of frightening that this guy also has his finger on the nuclear button. You can also see why they wanted to kind of change that relationship uh, early on in his presidency. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's just troubling. And, and, and at this point, I, I, I can't even muster up any any anger for Joe Biden. Um, I, I, I can't help but feel that, yes, he's always been ambitious. This is what he's always wanted. He finally got it. But I, I can't help but think that the younger Joe Biden would have known that he is just not suited for this job. The younger, younger Joe Biden would be calling for his own scalp, no pun intended. Uh, let's get this guy out of here. He's not, he shouldn't be you know, in the seat he's in right now. Uh, I, you know, it, it, it worries the hell out of me. I mean, right now we have uh, basically government by committee in the White House. And we all know how those things end up. And and it, the the messaging coming out of the White House is so contradictory and so sloppy that it just it stuns me that anybody even thinks this guy uh, is doing a good job, even though you know the, the diehard yellow dog Democrats, about thirty seven percent of them think he's wonderful. Yeah, well, you know his his popularity is declining. Yes, markedly. And, you know, just just the thought of Kamala Harris being president of the United States. Oh, my God. 
mean, oh my God, you <laughs> you know our bellwether on this is you don't if you don't think uh, Taiwan will be invaded under Joe Biden, just give her a shot. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting a couple of weeks ago that the, the media broke the stories about how horrible it is to work for her. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, but not surprising. Not surprising in any way. Ignorant, no, no. arrogant, and vindictive. Those are the three words, I think, that perfectly encapsulates her personality. Yeah. I, I, I've always defined ignorance as not knowing something. She's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, arrogance and stupidity and vindictive. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah she, is, she, is not, she is not the brightest uh, penny in the pack at all. Yeah, and, you know, uh, going to be a perfect time for her to take over as we learn that the economy is on the verge of going through another inflationary spiral like we did in the 1970s. Yeah, this is this is Jimmy Carter's little gig all over again. You can see it. You can wait. Well, it does. You know, go out and fill up your tank. Go to the grocery store. Go anywhere. Do anything. I mean, everything is up, uh, just unbelievably. And it's uh, it's not going to get better anytime soon. I, I mean, I, I heard all the the mumbo jumbo about wow, this is temporary inflation. BS. Look at what you're spending. Look at what you're getting ready to spend, and tell me this is temporary. Yeah, well, look, here, here's the thing, and, and this goes really across the board for all the government agencies, because we can talk about the CDC and their mask guidance uh, again, and the, the, the data about the data around COVID and, you know, the unvaccinated or the vaccinated who are getting and spreading the, nobody can come up with a message. And basically, the, the chairman of the Fed essentially lied. And said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we expect inflation to be temporary. He can't possibly believe that. There, there is no way that in his position, with the knowledge that he has, that he can believe, well, this is just a temporary inflationary spike. All of the numbers indicate that it is not temporary, that we are descending into the grip of another inflationary spiral, just like we did in the 1970s. And he's you know, assuring us, well, we're not going to raise rates. Well, you're not going to have a choice. You're going to yeah, have exactly. to raise rates. And you're going to have to, uh, either that or you're just going to have to let uh, inflation run wild. And, of course, he's in a bad position now. In fact, the entire U.S. government's in a bad position. Okay, raise rates to deal with inflation. And when uh, you add another $800 billion a year to the deficit to because the yield on the uh, 10-year Treasury goes back up to 6.5%, uh, good luck ever getting a handle on it. Yeah, you know, some uh, some uh, ideas of where, or some examples of where prices have gone. The June, June uh, Consumer Price Index year over year shows rental cars up 87%. Used cars, which is, you know, a market that is very tight is up 45%. Gas up 45%. You know, you need to go out and buy a, a washing machine, you're up 30%. Airfare's up 25%. I mean, these are... These are not coming down anytime soon. No, and they can't. Then you add on to the top of that, because we shut down the economy, we com- we royally screwed up the supply chain for everybody. Right. And so now we're running into shortages. And that's that's not going to make inflation better. Nope. And, it, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever driven up to a, a fast food place or, or anything. Hey, we're out of this, we're out of that. I, I went up to my favorite barbecue place and, 
And they said, hey, baby backwoods are off the menu due to shortage of, you know, availability and quality issues. I mean, so, I mean, this is, this, the supply chain, as, as you are pointing out, hasn't recovered yet. And it's, you know, it's kind of the accordion effect. We'll get some, and it'll be, it, it, this is going to go on for a while. Yeah, Taco Bell announced last week nationwide that they're taking some items off the menu because they can't, uh, they can't supply chicken apparently is an extremely short supply right yep chicken uh ribs you know or pork uh, you know you know where bacon's gone bacon the price of bacon's gone through the roof i mean this is not temporary stuff and finally, uh, i've also and finally, i've also noticed that some uh, some of the uh uh producers out there are already anticipating inflation pricing and and are starting to cut uh uh, the, the size of boxes, the number of ounces in a box, that type thing. So, yeah, it's not going away. Yeah, the last thing that you do before you raise prices is reduce quantities. That's correct, and that's what's happening right now. Yeah, and then uh, the uh, on the other side of that coin with people who are, are just not being honest with us, you have the CDC who doesn't seem to know whether it is the vaccinated or the unvaccinated that are the problem um, with this new Delta variant. What they are sure of is that we may just have to, we just may have to shut this whole thing down all over again because of this Delta variant. Okay, great. Yeah. That'll help. Yeah, well, the other thing that irritates the hell out of me is they'll show you every stat about the Delta variant except deaths. And deaths... When they show overall deaths, we're we're actually lower than the than right at the beginning in March of 2020 when this thing took off, and uh, the trend doesn't show it rising. This Delta variant is is you know something like 99.97 percent non-lethal. Yeah, you get sick, but you know. <laughs> It seems to be more contagious and less lethal, which, by the way, is what you would expect. That's right. That's exactly what you would expect with a, a mutation. Um, that, that's, that's absolutely correct. But the CDC it was released today that uh, there was a, a COVID outbreak in Massachusetts. Seventy-four percent of the people infected were fully vaccinated. Yeah, I, I read that, too. And I, I just, I don't know. I... I... I'm not sure I believe it. I, I mean, I'm not sure I believe anything that comes out of anybody anymore. Uh, I, I can find something uh, with uh, not a big Google search that says, yeah, fully vaccinated are, are fine. They haven't hospitalized anybody in some state, you know? I mean, it's just absurd. That the, <laughs> the amount of misinformation coming from government agencies. And, and contradictory information all the time. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, now wear a mask yeah. again. Now, um, uh, this has just got... And the impenetrability of any statistics of any worth. There, there's yeah. no way to vet any of the numbers. We The, the CDC is, is holding everything close to the chest. What they are doing is making these oracular pronouncements. And if they contradict completely what they said six months ago, who cares? We're the oracles. Right. You have to listen to us. And, you know, I, I would be, I've been a lot more comfortable, and, and I guess politically it's impossible to do this, but I've been a lot more comfortable with a CDC that said, look, we don't know what the science is on masks yet. If you feel comfortable wearing a mask, wear a mask. Um, probably won't hurt. Uh, it might help. We just don't know. Nobody's willing to go down that road. 
it's got to be well like like Fauci did no no these masks they won't protect you at all those masks are, are useless you don't need to buy any and then he comes out two months later and says well I was actually lying about that yeah you really do need a mask but but you morons would have gone and bought them all and we couldn't have had it for the important people like doctors and nurses so <laughs> there you go okay and now we're going to trust you when you tell us that you know your testing and your vaccination and and all your statistics and all of that that's all good forget that we lied to you about one thing and by golly i always go by um it, it's actually i kind of wish michael was here because he could explain what the name is in latin of uh, a legal theory which means false in one false in all if we catch you in a lie in testimony in one thing uh we're gonna have to throw out your entire testimony because now we all know you're a liar right yep well, it's it's the same nonsense we see going on with the vaccine right now. You know, um, I mean, I've never seen people running around with their hair on fire like this about a vaccine. Um, you, you know, Jonah Goldberg came out and said, you know, there, there are really three arguments out there about vaccines. And he says, first is we need to protect unvaccinated adults who account for nearly all the COVID-19 deaths and hospitalizations. Well, you know, that's cool. But we've pretty much hit all those people, all those that want it. So at this point, you know, shit, if you, if you don't want to get vaccinated, uh, you may, you know, I, I may think you're a dumbass, but it's your choice. Uh, then they say, second, what's well, the matter of children under 12 who can't get a vaccine? You know how many kids under, under 18 have died among the 600,000 deaths from COVID-19? 335. So here we are running around like, you know, chickens with their head cut off, screaming about the children, and they're probably the one group that really has no real uh, threat from this disease. And, and the, I mean, the, the vast majority of pediatric COVID cases, uh, if I'm correct, have been asymptomatic. Yes. And, uh, you know, as Goldberg points out, we, we, we lose twice as many kids each year in a car accident, but we don't ban cars or kids from cars. So, I mean... This, this is a, there's so much absurdity in all this. And, and the, the people pushing the absurdity are these so-called experts. You know, I think it's driving me nuts. I think a lot of it is, is that, that a, as a society, we're not willing to assume risk if we don't have to. We are totally risk averse now. And our politicians, and, and that includes you know, government officials who are not elected, but you know, regular government officials, they're politicians too. Um, they don't want anybody to have any risk. Um, I, it was like I, I was talking to a, 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 somebody who was telling me about a, a conversation they had with their doctor. And their doctor said, look, if I tell you not to get vaccinated, because you know these are not fully approved yet, and, you know, we may be seeing some troubling signs here and there among vaccinated people of side effects that don't seem to be um, don't seem to be congruent with what we were told about the clinical studies. And if I tell you, hey, you know, hold off, don't take the vaccine and you get covid, I have unlimited liability. Mm -hmm. If I tell you to take the vaccine and you get covid anyway and you die from a vaccine side effect, I'm fully indemnified. My advice, take the vaccine. Well, okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense uh, from a legal standpoint. You know, I was sitting there talking to a friend of mine who's about my age, and uh, he said, you know, I haven't got the vaccine. I got, you know, he looked at me like, okay, you're going to jump my ass about that. I go, oh, really? 
he goes, he said, yeah. He said, um, you know, I, I had COVID. And he said, so when they tested my blood, they said I had antibodies. And everything I read says those antibodies are stronger than the ones that the, the COVID vaccine does. And I go, and that as well. He said, so I decided not to. And I said, Bill, sounds very well reasoned. I don't have any argument with that. Well, here's the thing. Now we're learning that the COVID vaccines, uh, to the extent that it confers immunity at all, um, only confers it temporarily. And so yeah. now they're talking about six months later, that vaccine is more or less useless. You're going Whereas to- Emory came out with a study that said if you've had COVID, the, immu- the, the immunity that you build up, the antibodies, are very similar to those, uh, very similar to those that uh, were built up by SARS. And the, and the SARS antibodies are still working in patients who had SARS 17 years ago. So, you know, again, nobody really knows, but it sounds, given that study, uh, is that the, the COVID antibodies you have from the disease are probably better than anything you can get with the vaccine. Especially now that we know that the vaccine's coverage is temporary. Yeah, we have to get booster shots. Yeah, six months ish. The other, the other thing out. is, I object to having this called a vaccine. It's a flu shot. This is a mutating uh, uh, virus, just like the flu. So you're not getting, you're not getting uh, like a smallpox vaccine or a polio vaccine that that almost 100 uh, percent promises you'll never get this again. You're getting a flu shot that covers this strain and maybe some others that are kind of like it. And, and believing this, these are the last two shots you'll ever have to get, I think it's, it is, I think it's a misuse of the word vaccine. Yeah, it's, it's largely uh, an ameliorative treatment to prevent yeah. you from getting super sick. So it gives, yes. you a little, it gives you a little head start. It doesn't prevent you from actually catching the disease. But if you get it, it's not going to be as bad as it could. That's it. That's a flu shot. So, you know, how useful is it to get a shot that's going to last for six months and then... <laughs> well, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the one problem that um, I've always wondered about is, okay, if these vaccines don't actually prevent you from getting COVID, they just reduce the severity. My fear has, has been for several months now that what we're doing with these vaccines is that we are providing selective pressure evolutionarily on this virus to mutate and we're doing so right. at a time when there are already mutations in the wild that maybe the best strategy was to say hey look are you over 70 uh do you have a certain you know illnesses or, or pre-existing conditions uh comorbidities you need to get the shot um, yeah and everybody else uh we need to come up with some sort of some sort of treatment option that's not a vaccine because I, you know, this we're seeing it now, and I think they're tracking something like twenty-six different variants. Uh, there's one. Well, see, that's a, that's one of the uh, that's one of the other arguments about uh, keeping people locked down and in masks. They, you know, the argument is, hey, we don't want this thing mutating. Well, you know, the Delta variant came from India. Yeah, that that, uh, that horse is out the of the epsilon, barn. The epsilon variant could come from. South Africa or, or, or Europe or, you know, the fact that you lock down Americans is going to change it is stop it from mutating elsewhere. 
So, I, you know, it, it's just absurd. Uh, some of these, the thinking on some of this stuff just blows me. Well, the thinking uh, saying, hey, we want to stop the mutation is, is a lot like the environmental folks in this, in this country who say, well, yeah, we need to quit, you know, we need to cut our CO2. And if we don't, we're, we're, gonna, we're at risk of ruining the world. Well, tell that to China, would you? Because we can cut ours to almost zero and China will still put out more than anybody in the world. Yeah, in fact, we have cut our CO2 emissions well below drastically well yeah. below the Paris Accord and the the Tokyo uh, requirements. Um, China hasn't; they're exempt from them, of course. They're, well, they're, that's right because they're a developing country. Yeah, wonder how much that title cost. And and you know, it, it goes back to this this ability to trust our institutions. Our institutions are just failures all the way across the board. We can't get reliable data from the CDC. If we do get data from the CDC, since we know they've lied to us before, we don't know if it's true or not. If we come well, up with questions, whatever that question may be, whether it's the lab leak hypothesis or whether it is whether or not we are understating the prevalence of adverse side effects from the vaccine, um, who's got the numbers on that so that we would know the truth? I don't know. What I do know is there are fact checkers that say I'm a crazy lunatic for suggesting that this virus may have come from a lab, only to have to withdraw it a year later when actual science scientists write an open letter in science saying, yeah, there's a, there's a good chance this did come from a lab. Oh, now it's okay to talk about it. Oh, I see. So, yeah. You know, it's like who who was it uh, that that uh, Stalin had bumped off because they were against the Nazis during the period where the Soviets had the uh, non-aggression pact? Um, they were called premature anti-fascists, and <laughs> you know, if you didn't like the Nazis prior to May twenty second, nineteen forty one, then you were some sort of enemy of the state and you were shipped off to the Gulag. But of course, after the Germans invaded, then it was perfectly okay to become an anti-fascist. It, it's just, it has the flavor of that kind of thing. This is yeah. the orthodoxy. You will follow the orthodoxy. All of our fact checkers will do the orthodoxy. Social media will enforce this orthodoxy. And hey, we've always been at war with East Asia. Then that's the new orthodoxy and that's what everybody will enforce. It's just, it, it, it's an institutional failure at every level. Because for whatever reason, every institution in this country has to pretend that they can make definitive pronouncements about a chaotic and messy world. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, by the way, I noticed that, that your home state, well, the state you live in, and five other states are banning gaming computers. Uh, they are banning certain ones because their power supplies uh, use like a thousand watts. Yeah, well, Which that's is, because of their graphic cards and that type of thing. I got that. But uh, how about all the damn server farms you got in California? No, those are exempt, you see. These are only... Yeah, I see. Okay. Are, well, that's, are, that's what I thought. Yeah, see, of course, the good news is for gamers, is while you can't make, buy it pre-made, you can put one together yourself. That's certainly correct. And I can, I can see a whole bunch of pre-made gaming computers shipping without graphic cards, without graphic card default. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what they'll do. Okay, you can have a computer, no graphic card, you'll have to choose your own graphic card. Hell, it'll be cheaper. Jeez. Hell yeah! Uh, what is the, what's the, uh, the, uh, uh, is it the, is it the GTX or the, I can't remember what it is, but it's like an $800 graphics card. Yeah, it's, uh, God, I forget it too. I have one. 
It's uh, AMD Ryzen. Well, there is the AMD something. Ryzen. There's but also, it's something. I was trying to think of the other. Is it like the, the ATI? I can't remember the number now. But, yeah. So, so now you can't have those graphic cards anymore. Because, uh, again, Google doesn't have to worry about it. Because this is another law that is essentially for the little people. That's right. And, and it, it is to help cover their incompetence, their inability to manage and plan for the future, and to kind of cover their ass so the rolling blackouts aren't as bad as they were last year. Yeah, you think the rolling blackouts are bad now? Wait until the, the electric vehicle mandate comes into effect. <laughs> because I can pretty much guarantee you they're not going to build a brand new power plant in this state. Well, I know. Well, you know, something like you and I have talked about, you have water problems all over, and there's not a desalinization plant in the entire state. Nope. Why should there be? You've got a, an entire a, ocean we need sitting a to the west. No, we need a train. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it, 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 and, it's phenomenal to me. And look, uh, it's, it's less a fault of our politicians than it is the people who elect them. You know, I, I, I talk to people, uh, you know, people that I work with, people that I'm acquainted with. Certainly, many of the tradesmen who have been traipsing in and out of my house uh, for the last week, they, they don't know anything that's going on. They don't pay attention. Yeah, I agree. They don't pay attention. And so then, you know, well, like Inspector Renault, they're shocked, shocked to learn there's gambling going on here. <laughs> you ought to ask them one time if they, if, uh, if the party that believes men can get pregnant uh, should be the one controlling misinformation on the Internet, okay? Yeah, or how about asking them if they believe that the, the party that spent the last 30 years yelling, my body, my choice, are really the appropriate <laughs> part, party to tell you, you must get vaccinated uh, under the force of law. Force of law. I, can't, I can't tell you how many enjoyable times I've been able to say to people, hey, it's my body, my choice, and they look at you like, you son of a bitch. Because you know they've been using that for years. Yeah. And, and I, I love it. Now that it's turned against them all of a sudden, they don't like it. Yep. It, well, they don't have an argument. They don't have an argument at all because you just took theirs. No, because even the they either have to admit they either have to admit that 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 really shouldn't be, or you have to swallow and turn away. Yep, because that's always been their trump card. Okay, that's right. Fine. Now it's my trump card. Now what are you going to do? Well, they're going to exactly. do what they always do. They're going to ignore the principle, and they're just going to say, "Well, we want you to do it, and we get to have what we want if we get enough people together to force you." You know, and that's, I, I, I look at Bill de Blasio as the sort of the canary in the coal mine for the Democrats. Uh, he kind of uh, always states early what ends up going national or, or, or otherwise. And he's pushing a, a, you know, it's time for this voluntary crap to be over. You know, we're going to mandate it, which, yeah, you know. We've been nice. We've been tactful. We've tried yeah, to explain. Yeah. We've done everything we can. And you still won't listen to us. So I, I guess it's just time for us to force you to do what we yeah, that's right. to do. Which, of course, means, Bill, that it's never been voluntary, has it? Yeah, it's, it's, but, you know, ideological consistency. Yeah, and, and like I say, he's the canary in the coal mine, and then I read something that says that Joe Biden's pushing for a man vaccination mandate. Yeah, good. By the way, good luck with that. 
Okay, how are you well, going to, yeah. how are you, you know, this whole vaccine passport thing. Okay, you're going to have a reliable vaccine passport for 330 million people, and you're going to what, whoop that up in a month? Pull the other one. Dude, dude they couldn't even build a damn healthcare website. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I believe that you're going to come up with some passport <laughs> that I can't just print off on my laser printer and laminate? Come on. Besides that, I you know I don't know if you've been following it in France, but France is about to explode over all this. Um, there, there, there's a couple hospitals that have just shut down, saying they refuse to give the vaccines. There are protests everywhere about this crap, and they're going down the same road that this Yahoo in the White House is going down. So it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens when and if uh, you know the buffoon up there decides he wants a mandate. And look, if if the French are yeah. objecting to bureaucracy, <laughs> how well do you think it's going to go over here? Exactly. Yeah, and so it's it's. Uh, I I can't imagine a, a worse uh, road for Democrats to go down than what they've been going down for the last six months. But they seem to have chosen it, and and you know they've chosen we're going to mask you up which is totally unpopular. Uh, they've chosen to try and mandate vaccination, which is not going to work. Um, it, like I said, they're, they're on the wrong road. They're on the wrong side of history on this one, and they just, as usual, don't seem to notice Well, that. Nancy Pelosi directed the Capitol Police to arrest anyone on the, the House side of the Capitol who was not oh, wearing well, a mask well, in public. A little drunker than usual, huh? Yeah. She is, she is, uh, boy, she said this was her last term as speaker. I hope so. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> I don't think the House Speaker can just promulgate a law for the Capitol that well, allows the police I to arrest you and incarcerate you. There's something, about, and I've read this somewhere, somewhere, but she has... Somehow, she has con the speaker has control over the Capitol Police, or some sort of control over the Capitol Police. And um, through the sergeant, I, I, I'm not sure how it works. But apparently, she's within her rights, but God. Yeah, well, um, there seems to be a lot of noncompliance among Republican members and staff. Well, yeah, and, and that's... Yeah, you know, you know how that's going to be. You know how that's going to be turned in the media. Um, it's going to be uh, well, just like they've been doing with the vaccinations. Well, it's all Trump Republicans that aren't getting the vaccine. And if you look, you know, the you see the South and the hot spots. Everything I read says much of the the un or non vaccinated are minorities in in uh, urban areas. Yes, black people are disproportionately, um, well, let's just say that based on history, they are rather unwilling to take a vaccine that is being ordered you by mean, the government. like the Tuskegee experiment? Yeah. You do remember who actually conducted the Tuskegee experiment, don't you? It was the CDC. Yes. And... There is a lot of hesitancy in the 
uh, African American community for being taken again down that road. Yeah, and I don't blame them. I, I understand. I understand that hesitancy completely, given what the CDC did to uh, that group in Tuskegee. Yeah. So yeah, but that uh, that is what I read. So I mean, you know, it's the usual spin. Uh, no truth in it, but it's definitely spins around out there. Yeah. By the way, I, I did want to bring up something, and it, it's it's like completely off topic, but you reminded me of it um, when we Uh-oh. were talking about these protests in France, because I was looking at the uh, some of the the news from France and looking at all the pictures that are coming out of all these protesters, and you know I can't remember when I lived in Europe. I mean, you could tell an American from a European simply by the way that they dressed, the clothes yep. that they wore, the style, and everything. And the, the one thing that struck me while I was watching these protests in Paris is if you look at these protests and you look at the people, the way they're dressed, the clothes they're wearing, there is nothing in that photograph except the architecture that tells you, oh, and of course, the language is on the sign, you know, uh, in French. Uh, there's nothing that tells you that that is not in the United States of America. That's amazing! Amazing how homogenous everything has become, isn't it? I mean, it really is. You know, just a whole bunch of people hanging out in shorts and baseball hats and <laughs> t-shirts. I know. It's you know, I've noticed that over the years. How you're right. You used to be able, to, you know, uh, to walk down the street and literally by by the the cut of the clothes, the type of clothes, and that type can tell where people were from. And now, not so much. Yeah, it really is amazing how homogenized Western culture has become. And it's not just homogenized, it's American popular culture. Well, it's Americanized, yeah. You know, I mean, I was was talking to somebody about this the other day, uh, where when I was a kid, I mean, there were no real fast food places. You stopped at little cafes and playing when you're on the road and that type thing. And, And now you go to any town, anywhere, and it looks like just like the town you just came from. Yeah, it has really the does. same shit, the same stuff. Nothing's different. I mean, it's it's freaking amazing to me. But my my favorite uh, my favorite picture from these French protests is this uh, black lady who's got on cool shades. She's got long braided hair. She's wearing a white T-shirt and a New England's Patriots hat. <laughs> oh Lord, Paris, speaking, the, the, the center of fashion. Uh, Speaking of international, uh, you know, I've, I've seen Yankees hats just about everyone. I saw one this week in uh, in China uh, during the floods that uh, apparently only 51 people were killed in. Uh, I believe it's 67, Bruce. Are we up to 67? My yeah. God. That's, that's freaking amazing to me. There's a tunnel there with thousands of cars in it. It's a smart tunnel which means they know every car that is in there and went it in and uh, that flooded to the top in five minutes and no one came out and 67 people were dead. Uh-huh. And by the way, they refused <laughs> to open, they refused to open the toll gate on the end of the, that tunnel to allow people to drive through. Isn't that amazing? They, they trapped them in that tunnel and that thing flooded in a couple of minutes. And the Chinese yeah. government, the same government who says, that it's impossible for us to have had a lab leak at our lab. That would never happen in our you know, modern, vibrant society. Is the same society where 
you know, you can, and people are getting films out of China. That's the, the oh, yeah. thing. And, you know, you just see bodies floating along in the water, and uh, they say, yeah, 67 people have died. It's a real, it's a real tragedy. Yeah, I, this I, is I wonder true, how many true. orders of magnitude they short they actually are. Oh, God, you know it's probably tens of thousands. I mean, that's just nuts. And you look at the, like you said, you look at the film, you look that's coming out of there, you look at the, the uh, floods, it's in two huge provinces. And uh, you know damn well that it's more than 67 people. But, you know, the Chinese don't really give a shit about their own people. So, well, you know. no, they they really don't. You know, something something that I read, and this just, you know, when Tiananmen came up and uh, they were talking about all that, there was a there was a, a article over the corner, uh, and they, uh, they they were talking about uh, you know as they were moving troops in and that type of thing, and it's and some of the stuff this guy cited just will make the hair stand up on your on your arms one of them is on arrival at Tiananmen troops from Shenyang military region had separated students and residents students understood they were going to give one hour to leave the square but after five minutes armored personnel carriers attacked they linked arms the students linked arms were mown down uh, by the uh, including soldiers by the way that were they just ran over the bodies and ran over them again uh, Another thing he writes about is uh, um, Beijing military re uh, region commander had refused to supply outside ar armies, those that had been brought in with food, water, or barracks. Sources said many barracks in Beijing, uh, but no TV pictures of tents. 27th Army were using dum-dum bullets. 27th Army snipers shot many civilians on balconies, street sweepers, etc., for target practice. I mean, that's, that's the level of, of cruelty and brutality you're dealing with with that through. Yeah, and this is a country that, by the way, had the one-child policy for decades um, until they realized they ended up with a large population of single males who were unable to find mates, and they figured out that might not be <laughs> the most socially stable uh, structure to have. Yeah, think. But, you know, if you had you know a second child, hey forced abortion or forced sterilization they they don't and they've always thought that um this has always been one of the 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 things about the chinese communist party that there are too many chinese anyway uh and that they need to attack china's population and so hey if a, if a flood comes and wipes out sixty thousand people uh you know you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs i guess that's okay and then of well, course, there's the there's the absolute shittiness of everything that the Chinese government builds. Um, you know, there's a, there's a reason why uh, the reactor blew up in Chernobyl, and it wasn't because the Soviets um, made a fundamental mistake in the reactor room. It was because they built shitty reactors, and the Chinese build shitty dams and shitty reactors. It's the cheapest thing they can possibly get away with that does the minimal job. And if the dam breaks, then eh, who cares? We got to get rid of some people anyway. I was going to say earlier on in their <clears throat> illustrious history, you know, wiping out sixty thousand with sixty thousand, they didn't have to feed, so they were fine with that crap. Yeah, I mean, God only knows how many people were killed during the Cultural Revolution and the Great Leap Forward. I think the estimates are that 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 Mao, with the Great Leap Forward, probably killed 
50 to 70 million Chinese just by starving them to death. Yeah. I mean, this, this, is, yeah. this is nothing new for the Chinese Communist Party. And so when they turn around and tell us, well, there's only been 67 deaths, none of their statistics. It always amuses me when someone says, well, you know, Chinese government statistics indicate. No, they don't. You don't know what Chinese government statistics indicate because they're not telling Chinese, you Chinese government statistics indicate what they want you to believe. That's all they indicate. That's exactly correct. I mean, they are... Uh, Although I'm, 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 I'm largely coming to the same conclusion about our own government. Well, yeah. You, you can't help but do that. I mean, this this fiasco that we've gone through this last year, year and a half, is just amazing. I mean, it, as many have written, the death of expertise uh, has was absolutely seen in this last year. Yeah, Unbelievable. That's, that's the thing that really gets me. Tom Nichols has this whole thing, and he still harps on about it. I see him on Twitter, and he still harps on about how, you know, basically the, the, the hayseeds, uh, just don't listen to their betters when they speak and how horrible that is for policy. Well, okay, now that we've seen what policy made by experts does, and we can take a look at Dr. Fauci, who's been running the... the, the it's, not, it's not the NIH that he's the head of, is it? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah. Or is it something infectious? To, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't... For, I forget the name of the actual agency, but he's been running that place like his own personal dog kennel for 30 years, and he's he's a lying piece of shit, and we know it now, and he, he's still lying. He's still changing his story. I saw a cartoon uh, a couple of days ago of him as Pinocchio with like a, a timeline of all the statements he's made um, that he's come back and, and retracted or said the opposite. And then he has the yeah. then he has the gall to go on TV this last week when somebody says, "Well, you used to say this, and now you're saying that." That seems like a complete turnaround. Well, that's not a turnaround. Well, <laughs> okay, but it sure seems a lot when you say "Don't do this," and now you say "Do this." That seems like a reversal. I don't know how you're going to spin that, but for 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 Joe Schmo in the street, that's a reversal. Yeah, and and Rand Paul has owned him. I mean, there's no no question that, that Rand Paul has owned him uh, the entire time that he's been up there spouting off his nonsense in front of his Senate committee. Yeah, and he's gone from, I, we have not funded gain-of-function research, to, well, we have funded an organization that gave some of that money to Chinese scientists who... Yeah, have, you who, funded gain-of-function, you dumbass. may have done gain-of-function research, but it's uh, all, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, that guy needs to go. He's the highest paid government official in, in our government. That's correct. He That's makes it. more than the President of the United States. Yeah. That's nuts. And I think uh, it was a... And by the way, he's a bureaucrat, right? He's not an appointee, I don't think. Right, he's a bureaucrat. He's risen through the ranks. He's, yeah. a, he is, he's a GS-18. You can't get right. rid of the guy. Right, exactly. Yeah. He gets so to stay stuck, as long as he wants to this. stay. Yeah, you can't fire him. I mean, I suppose you could, but the paperwork required to fire a GS-18 <laughs> on the paper trail has got to be freaking... I know what it's like to try to fire a GS-5. I can only imagine what it's like yeah. to fire a GS-18. Yep. I, you know, the only good news is there's a lot of video out there. Yeah, and that's the other amusing thing. This 
constant acting like video doesn't exist. I know. All the politicians and bureaucrats do that. You know? It's, uh, hmm. At least Jerry Brown had, had, had enough sense of decency to say, that was then. This is now. Yeah. Once you know, he has taken advantage of this situation. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, that's more honest than just sitting there saying, no, that never happened. Okay, but we have video of it happening. No, you don't. It's like the, it's like the, it, it reminds me of the, the, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the Black Knight standing at the bridge. It's merely a flesh wound. Yeah, with his arms and legs cut off. Go back here, <laughs> you bastard! You coward! I'll do you! Yeah, unbelievable, yep. Yeah, it's, it, it's, for the normal people, that this is all surreal, you know? Uh, just like the, um, well, like I said earlier, the, the belief that men can have babies. You know, the normal people look at that and go, oh, no, they can't. But it's being pushed down, our, you know, everyone's throat. And, and, and what I'm waiting for it's being pushed is, is basically, what's, basically what's going on in France right now. People saying, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not tolerating or putting up with this nonsense any longer. Look, That's bullshit. And I'm not going to tolerate bullshit. They're putting it in medical school now. They're forcing medical oh, I know. school students. Yeah, birthing people, which is horseshit. I mean, here you are as medical professionals uh, helping and enabling uh, a, a mental uh, deficiency, disease, whatever you want to call it, you know, encouraging it, enabling it, and, and instead of treating it. And to me, that goes, you know, the, the first line of the Hippocratic Oath is first do no harm. If you you tell me you're not doing harm to these people by enabling this and encouraging this? If you have a vagina and a uterus that produces, uh, it doesn't even have to produce eggs. It might not even work. But guess what? I, I got bad news for you. You are biologically a woman. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's just like the athletes, the trans athletes. You know, there are 3,000 genetic differences in the musculature of a man and a woman. Uh, when you look at the bones, it's even worse. So, you know, to pretend otherwise is to do exactly that. Pretend. You know, we can find just a pair of bones in an ancient grave, unearth it, and an archaeologist can look at it and immediately. say, that was a woman. Um, it immediately knows. Yeah. Now, maybe yeah. she didn't identify as a woman. And <laughs> but, but see, that's the nonsense. What they identify as is purely incidental irrelevant to the fact that this is what they are but so if they want to mutilate their bodies and pretend they're something else and you medical professional encourage that give me a break but you know in a free country nobody will stop you well you don't have to participate though yeah but in a free country they won't force you to um, agree with them that's that's correct yes and and I certainly don't agree with them. Never will. And you know they they're free to do whatever they want, like you said. And and by but, the way, I will even treat but, them with courtesy. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I'm you know I'm not going to buy it. Well, I'm know, not going to buy into it. I'm not going to pretend it's right or here, that I you know. Here's the thing. One, it's nonsense. You can put a gun to my head and you can force me to say anything you want to force me to say. 
True. But you can't make me believe it. That's right. That's between my ears. You can't get there without, well, you can't get there. But increasingly, that's that seems to be one of the only places that we are free. Yeah, that's right. That's six inches between your ears. Yeah, it's uh, it's gotten it's gotten bad. By the way, I did want to ask you something. I don't even know if you've been following. Uh, what do you think about these uh, these audits that we're hearing about? These electoral audits. Oh hell! You know what, Dale? I'm I'm to the point where I, when I see things like that. And I, in the in the big buildup, I always think of the bombshell news coming out of Fox News, the the Hannity report. Bombshell, you know, bombshell, bombshell. When I when they produce a report and I get a chance to read it, then I'll have an opinion. At this point, I have no opinion. Well, I I heard today that um, when they did a count of the ballots, and by the way, this is just something I heard. I have no idea how true this claim is. Mm. They're saying that Donald Trump won Maricopa County by 600,000 votes. Now, if that is true, the amount of electoral fraud that would have had to go on yeah. seems like it would be easy to spot. You would think. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I always wonder about these things. And, and by the way, two, two weeks from now, um, Mike Lindell is going to be having his cyber summit where he's going to unveil his proof that the election was stolen. I'm not even sure what to make of that. Like I said, when I said, you know, all the claims of Kraken turned into a damn, you know, catfish. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't believe any of this crap. Can I can sit down, read through it, and you know, analyze the evidence for myself. Otherwise, I'm not interested. It's just it's, it's it's to me it's interesting to follow and I'm I'm kind of forced to be interested in it because my wife is interested in it so you know she's <laughs> giving me these updates. Well, they say this and they say that you know and, and it's like you know it's like the Michael and Dell thing where he says well we have the the packets that we captured in real time and we have 37 terabytes of data. Well, now 37 terabytes is a lot of data. You um, better believe it. But I'm I'm just kind of curious as to you know since packets are encrypted. How'd you encrypt those in real time? And you know, I it it seems like there are a number of technological hurdles that would have to be crossed for him to have access to real data like that. Yeah, yeah, and as as close held as all the data data has been by the Democrats in each of these areas, you have to wonder. Yeah, what what magic wand did you have? Well, see, that's the other thing, though. I mean, you talk about these you know, these audits and. You know, the cyber ninjas, they don't really have any experience doing this, but that's who the state of Arizona got to do it. And so it's all partisan, blah, 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 blah. But every time they ask the the Democrats who run Maricopa County, okay, we need this information. Nope. Yeah. Okay, now we need this. Nope. Yeah, and that, and that absolutely sounds like, whoa, they're hiding something. Yeah, what am I supposed to think? I mean... And I, I've come to the conclusion that we really just need to do audits of every election. Just pick a couple of counties and, you know, reasonably well-populated counties, and every election they should be audited. And just do it at random. You don't even know who's going to be audited until after the election. Then they just pick some counties out of a hat and say, okay, we're going to do a full-hand recount of all the paper ballots. And by the way... Um, am I stupid for thinking we should go back to 1897 and just do paper ballots? 
Now, if we have the technology to count them quickly, and uh, actually, you could do it. You could do it the way they're doing it now. They have a scanning machine sitting right there. I, I'm talking Georgia now. You know, basically, the only the and this is why I kind of laugh at some of this stuff because, um, you know, they, they were talking about well, these are changing boats and, and all that good stuff, and we the way we did it is you would mark your ballot it would print out you would review your ballot and then you put it in the scanner and the scanner essentially would read it and nothing was transmitted anywhere and that chip went you know to the election center where it was but it also had a tape that went with it and that tape uh when it cranked out that tape it cranked out three copies of that tape and that tape had every the, the summary of all the votes and so you you sent the chip in with that, and you you literally posted one of those tapes on the outside of the voting place. Anybody can come up and look at it and, and, and get the analysis. So that's what the chip said because the chip printed the, the, the tapes. And so, so I'm sitting here going, does anybody know that's how this works? Because what I was reading about what was going on in Georgia had nothing to do with the reality of what I saw. Well, see, that's the thing. Nobody knows how election systems work. I know. Yeah, they think it's that you know you have these electronic ballots, or or even if they're paper, and I could just run the same ballot through the scanner thirty times. Yeah, yeah. And the and the and the and the point is, uh, you know, all this these summaries are, are we would get them and we collect the ballots and we put them in sealed bags and these summaries and the chip and everything, and then two people have to transport that to elections. You know, I mean, it's there's a it was very tough, or it would be very tough to cheat on that. Now, Fulton County may be a whole different ballgame. I'm talking Gwinnett County, but it was, you know, <laughs> it was something that we we were very proud of the fact that we were able to offer people a paper ballot. That's something they wanted, an audit trail, and 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 uh, no concern about being hacked by somebody, you know, wherever, uh, because we weren't hooked to the internet at that point. But you've got to be able to have a system that's reliable enough so that if a candidate just says, well, I lost because there was massive cheating, that there is a fair amount of confidence that that just didn't happen. But you have to remember, yes, I agree. But you have to remember, that's the, that's the cry of the loser in every election going back how long? Yes, because we all remember how in 2016 Donald Trump stole the election from Hillary Clinton. Right, and Bush got gore and all that stuff. And remember Diebold. Yeah, Diebold. Yeah. So yeah, I remember all this. So it's it's nothing, you know. And and so the other thing that, that really gets me is I continue to read articles about this new law in Georgia, you know, and and, and the whining and complaining and 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 the, the, you know, it says that one of one of my just read this last week said the state's new uh, voter ID requirement for mail-in ballots would affect more than 270,000 Georgians lacking identification. So then they started looking over and said, well, uh, where'd that $270,000 or 270,000 voter number come from? Well, nobody knows. It was probably made up out of thin freaking air. They also said that uh, it has a provision cutting the number of ballot drop boxes, and it could, that could affect hundreds of thousands of voters who cast absentee ballots. No, actually, it expands the number of ballot drop boxes throughout the state. 
because prior to last didn't, year, you didn't have ballot drop boxes. Right, and that was a COVID-19 uh, uh, um, emergency act that put them out there in the beginning. So they wouldn't be there at all had they not passed this. I mean, it's the damnedest punch. You know what? You want misinformation? Why don't they do it on this stuff? Yeah, well, it, it, it's only the uh, Trumpists who are spreading the misinformation, you see. Apparently. God, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, and just the, the, the complete lack of any sort of impartiality or objectivity in any media organization is amazing. And they don't even care. That's the thing. They don't care. They don't care that they're you know, they they're like that. No, um, because they're pleasing their because, audience. Well, yeah, and and you know, J schools are turning out advocates now. They're not turning out journalists. They're not turning out reporters. The old the old uh, uh, blue collar type uh, reporter that uh, you know worked his way up uh, from uh, the police beat on up to whatever. No. These are these are folks out here to save the world, and and that means they pick an ideology uh, that they think is going to save the world, and they push it. Well, that you know that has been true since all the president's men, right? The, the yeah, the whole idea of the the journalist as some hero who uh, gets to the gets to the bottom of the truth and can uh, can you know overturn a presidency. Uh, everybody wants to be Woodward and Bernstein now. Yeah. Nobody That's wants to, nobody wants to go down to the to the local police station and pour through the death sergeant's blotter. Right. And they all and they all want to end up they all want to work for the, the Washington Post and the New York Times. And they don't want to start down in some little local paper. Uh, they want, you know, they want to at twenty two uh, tell us how much they don't know by working at the uh, New York Times or Washington Post. I mean it's it's phenomenal. I look at I look at the ages of some of the people that are writing uh, op-ed pieces, and, and I'm thinking, you don't have enough experience to know, you know how to get out of bed in the morning, much less to tell me what to believe or, you know, about this or that. I mean, look, it's, he was... It's freaking he was, amazing. He was a smart kid, but they gave... Um, what was it? Ben... Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the... Uh, ben Shapiro. I mean, yeah. they gave that kid a, a syndicated column at 17. Yeah. Okay, smart kid, but he's 17. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, 17-year-olds think socialism's cool. Why? Well, because they don't have the world experience and know better. Yeah. Well, you know, we could talk about the failings of our media and indeed have for hours, but I think probably <laughs> this would be a, the wrong time of the night to start uh, down that, that particular uh, path. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bruce, have a great week. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you next week. You bet. Take care. All right. So long. You've been listening Bye. to Observations Q&O Podcast for Friday, the 30th of July, 2021. On behalf of Bruce McQuain, this is Dale Frank saying thanks for listening. Hope you'll be listening the next time. Hope we'll be able to have a, an office with a podcast uh, the next time with all the stuff going on in my house. But uh, we'll try to muscle through it. In the meantime, have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. So long. Mm-hmm.